and welcome to this edition of Faith to Live By. I'm Pam Christian, your host for this weekly podcast where I consider current events from a biblical and prophetic perspective so we as God's children know how He wants us to respond. Because this episode will first post on December 21st, I want us to have a focus on Christmas in light of all we've endured worldwide, especially since 2020. And because of our family plans for this season, I will repost this podcast to run again on December 28th, allowing me some very much-needed time off. And because these very days are critically important to the Brunson court case that stands the chance of removing Biden, Harris, Pence, and 385 other members of Congress from their positions for failure to uphold their constitutional oath, I want to urge you to use the link in the show notes to learn more, get the instructions and the template for sending just one letter to two different addresses. If you don't know about this extraordinary lawsuit, you can listen to my podcast from 12.7.22 titled, Current Events Are Proving God's Prophecies. There's a link for you in the show notes, and you'll learn more from the link provided today, urging everyone to become part of this exceedingly urgent letter campaign effort. The Brunson case is an unprecedented lawsuit that the Supreme Court has already scheduled to consider on January 6, 2023, because it reveals our nation is in a national state of emergency, which demands this case be considered. If you have wanted to know what you can do to help restore our nation, this is what you can do. They provide a template and complete instructions. It couldn't be easier for you to become part of this effort to restore America. Also, watch for a special podcast I expect to produce with Juan O'Savin as my guest. Please get up to speed about this all-important case and get as many people in this letter campaign as possible. We need a minimum of 10 million letters. So please visit the link to learn more and listen to my special podcast and get as many people involved as you possibly can. The whole world is more than ready to see people held accountable for their evil deeds, and it definitely seems like this lawsuit from the Brunson brothers is being supernaturally used by God to bring us the justice we long to see. Let's make a point of partnering with God. All you have to do is copy and paste the letter template, sign and send one copy to the Supreme Court justices and one copy of the same letter to Loy Brunson. Not more than five minutes of your time, two sheets of paper, two envelopes, and two 60-cent stamps, and you will become an active participant working with God to see evil held accountable. We all want truth. No one wants to live their life on the basis of lies. And because of the rampant lies and deception we've suffered for so very long, it becomes even more important that we dig deep to discover truth, embrace truth, and hold tight to the confident hope truth provides. No matter how dark and evil the world becomes, the truth of our hope in Jesus remains. Since this is Christmas, I want to help you focus on what is true and everlasting, what you can and must place your hope in. If you are listening to this program and you're not a fully committed Christian, if you are fearful and fretting because of the many grave conditions worldwide, I especially want you to listen with an open mind and an open heart. It's no mistake you're listening to this podcast, even should you hear it long after the date it was first published. Each and every one of you who are listening to this program must understand you have been selected by God himself to hear this message. There are no coincidences or happenstances with God. Everything he does is perfectly timed with meaning and purpose. I believe the majority of people in the world today know about God. They know something about God, but they don't personally know God. And because God created mankind in his image for the purpose of relationship, 
he is grieved and even angered at the level of deception that is preventing people from personally knowing him. God wants intimate personal relationship, not a religious connection. God wants us to be fully redeemed and restored unto him so he can enjoy the eternal benefits of our being his children. God wants us to be in close personal relationship where he is our father, our provider, and our protector. And we know this because the Bible has been proven to be the inspired word of God. Contrary to what many people understand, the Bible is unique in contrast to the documents of religious authority for all other religions. The Bible is proven to be divinely inspired by God, given to men appointed to write the contents of the Bible. Both the Old and New Testament have been critically tested and proven unique in contrast to all other documents of religious authority. None of the other world religions can make the same claim about their documents of authority as we can about the entirety of the Bible. God wanted all the contents of the Bible to be put in written form, so we have an anchor, a solid point of reference, where we can measure all things. The Bible is called the Word of God, and we read in Psalm 12, verses 6 to 7, from the Amplified Version, The words and promises of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in an earthen furnace, purified seven times. You, O Lord, will preserve them and keep them. You will protect him from this evil generation forever. God has also provided serious warnings against changing any of his words. For example, Moses wrote, You shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor take away from it, so that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I am commanding you. Many years later, in Proverbs, God inserted a further warning. Every word of God is tested and refined like silver. He is a shield to those who trust and take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, or he will reprove you, and you will be found a liar. And at the very end of the Bible is found the extremely grave warning through Christ's beloved disciple John. It reads, I testify and warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book, its predictions, consolations, and admonitions. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues, afflictions, calamities, which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from or distorts the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away from that one his share of the tree of life and from the holy city, New Jerusalem, which are written in this book. God was indeed serious when he assured David in all generations that he would preserve his pure words forever. Remember also that the Lord Jesus himself said, For verily I say unto you, for I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke of the pen will pass from the law until all things which it foreshadows are accomplished. That's Matthew 5.18. And in John chapter 10, verses 34 and 35, responding to the Jewish leaders who accused Jesus of blasphemy for representing himself to be God, Jesus reminded them of Psalms 82.6 in their own scriptures. And he replied to them, You know that the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who received God's message were called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when I say I am the Son of God? After all, the Father set me apart and sent me into the world. That's from the New Living Translation. We can also take comfort in the passage in Jeremiah 1, verse 12, when God speaks through the prophet Jeremiah and states, He watches over his word to perform it. Understand, anything written is recorded for all time. Putting anything in writing makes it essentially permanent. And of course, the original manuscript of the Bible may not be available, but there is more than enough reasonable evidence to claim the Bible we have today is substantively the same as when it was first penned. Demonstrating the uniqueness and reliability of the Bible is one of the major themes of the first book I wrote in my multi-award-winning Faith to Live By book series. 
I certainly recommend that book. And also Rick Rene, my guest from last week, shared about his course on the reliability of the Bible. And as always, I provide you with information for further study in the show notes. We learn about the character, will, and intentions of God for humanity by reading and studying the Bible. We learn God created the angels in heaven before humanity, and that both angels and mankind were created by God with free will, allowing us to choose to have a relationship with others or not. The Bible reveals the origin of all evil was the result of one of the highest-ranking angels, then known as Lucifer, rebelling against God along with one-third of all heavenly angels. Lucifer wanted to dethrone God and take God's throne for himself. Imagine a being created by God believing he could dethrone God. Perhaps Lucifer is now known as the deceiver in part because he himself is deceived. The moment Lucifer acted against God, he found himself and his minions cast out of heaven, never to return. Lucifer at this point is known as Satan, and he has many descriptive names, father of all lies, the deceiver, the accuser of the brethren, the slanderer, the tempter, the devil, and the evil one, the enemy, the prince of darkness, the serpent, Belial, Baal, Beelzebub, Apollyon, the Antichrist. This is not an exhaustive list, but these names should give you cause to understand Satan is the personification of all evil. One of the shrewdest maneuvers Satan has ever used is to convince people he doesn't exist that he is just a concept and not a being. Can't you see how that would allow him to do his destructive work unhindered? No, I want you to know Satan is a being created by God who exercised his free will to reject God. Satan's chief enemy is truth. This is why he opposes God's word, both written and spoken, and he casts doubt on it and God's goodness. Genesis 3, verses 1 to 5. The reason many people know about God but don't have a personal relationship with God is because Satan has deceived them about the true character, will, and God's intentions for humanity. In the show notes, you'll find a link to the article by John Piper called What Are Satan's Aims and Strategies? All evil, sickness, disease, and death are the works of Satan. His focus is to kill, steal, rob, and destroy all that is important to God. This is why he tempted the first woman Eve and the first man Adam to doubt the words and intentions of God. The first book of the Old Testament reveals how all creation came to exist. When God created the first man and woman, he instructed them they could eat of all the trees in the garden except one. God recorded his specific instruction for us to read in Genesis chapter 2 verse 17. And God said, You may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then we learn from Genesis chapter 3, Satan tempted Eve, casting doubt on what God said and what would truly happen if she disobeyed. Eve was deceived and ate of the forbidden fruit, and she gave some to her husband. And just as God promised, the moment they did, they died. Their eternal Holy Spirits within them died to God and became alive to the enemy. Satan enticed them to do as he did and rebel against God. And now Adam and Eve were aligned with Satan and at enmity with God. God couldn't and he cannot go back on his word because God cannot lie. So he asked Adam and Eve what they had done so they would confess their sin aloud. Sin in its simplest form is to reject God and his ways. Once Adam and Eve confessed, God then revealed a plan of redemption that would restore them and offer the same promise for all of their offspring to be restored into a right relationship with God. Motivated by his unconditional love for his children created in his image, 
God promised to send a Redeemer who would pay the penalty for humanity's sin. And all who believed God for his promise, who believe his word by faith, are indeed redeemed from the penalty of sin, which is eternal death, and separation from God and all that is good. Every person born ever since Adam and Eve has inherited the same spiritually dead condition. In our natural birth, we are born at enmity with God. However, anyone who believes God for his promised Redeemer by faith shall be saved, shall be redeemed. All you've just heard provides the backstory for Christmas, for the arrival of the promised Redeemer, Jesus, who was born on that first Christmas day. When God promised the first man Adam and the first woman Eve that he would provide a Redeemer, one who could deliver humankind from the ownership of Satan, he had you in mind. Oh yes, he had you in mind. We are all born sinners. We are all born enemies of God. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 3.16. You see, God, the one and only true God, is three persons in one. Each is equal in power and authority, but each has a different expression. Good and evil, righteousness and wickedness, life and death, have coexisted on planet Earth since before God created mankind. However, good prevails on Earth according to the will of the people. Let me repeat that, because it's so important. Good prevails on Earth according to the will of the people. Each one of us is created with free will. Each of us experience both good and evil in life, and we have a choice to make. Either we choose to be reunited with God and all that is good, or we choose to remain in our natural, born, sinful condition. When a person places their faith in Jesus as their personal Savior, the natural-born, dead spirit within them is replaced with a brand new spirit, reestablishing their relationship with God the Father through faith in Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what is known as being born again by the Spirit of God. Those who do not remain in their natural, sin-born condition and allegiance with Satan and all that is evil. The evil that has become so extensive in the world today, perhaps more than any other time in the history of the planet, is because of the choices of mankind. But God is not willing that anyone should perish. He wants all to receive everlasting life. That's 2 Peter 3, verse 9. So for this reason, God sent the Son, the second person of the triune Godhead, who willingly gave up his deity to take on human form, to live a sinless life in his humanity, and become the only suitable sacrifice to satisfy the sin of death once and for all. The Old Testament is filled with prophecies concerning the coming of the promised Redeemer, also called the Messiah. The New Testament reveals God's promise fulfilled. The New Testament reveals the heavenly angel Gabriel was sent from God to a virgin named Mary, who was betrothed to a man named Joseph. The angel spoke to Mary, saying, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God, for nothing will be impossible with God. The birth of the Messiah was something people looked forward to for thousands of years, 
generations after generations. The Messiah, which is the Hebrew word for anointed, was the long-awaited hope of all people who wanted to be restored unto God. It was prophesied in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 7.14 and many other places. My favorite is Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6-7, to which reads, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So Jesus was conceived in the womb of a virgin by the Holy Spirit, making Jesus unique from all other human beings, yet essentially the same. He was born both fully God and fully human. But something we must understand, the second person of the Godhead willingly and temporarily gave up his deity to take on human form and live the human existence completely without drawing on his divinity. That first Christmas, over 2,000 years ago, we learn Mary and Joseph had to travel to be present for a census, and when they arrived there were no rooms for rent because the city was packed with so many people who also arrived for the census. We learn that Jesus, whose favorite term for himself was the Son of Man, was born in a stable, which is a barn for farm animals, and he was laid in a manger as a crib. This provides the familiar scene we call the Nativity, where baby Jesus is in a manger, and Mary and Joseph are knelt next to him. Scriptures reveal an angel declared the birth of the Messiah to some lowly shepherds in the field, who rushed to see the newborn king, the long-awaited Messiah. We also learn, in the days of King Herod, three wise men who studied astronomy followed an unusual star, believing it was a sign that would lead them to the birthplace of the Messiah or Christ. Christ is the Greek word for anointed. The star indeed led them to the city of Bethlehem, consistent with the prophecy written in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, we learn the wise men were led by the star to where Jesus was, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, then they departed to return to their country. Jesus grew up and lived a completely sinless life entirely in his humanity by relying on his relationship with God. At age 30, when his earthly ministry was to begin, he went to John the Baptist, who was his cousin. John was warning people to prepare the way for the Messiah or the promised Redeemer. Jesus went out to see John, who was baptizing people and declaring the importance of preparing the way because the Messiah was near. When Jesus approached John, John discerned who he was, and he was most reluctant to baptize Jesus, saying instead Jesus should baptize him. And we read about this in Luke chapter 3. Jesus reminded John it was necessary to baptize Jesus to fulfill righteousness and clearly demonstrate Jesus identified with sinful people. And when Jesus was being baptized, we read, Immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened up to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. We read that in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. Jesus came to this earth to demonstrate how we can live our lives in relationship with God the Father through faith in Jesus, relying on the guidance, counsel, 
wisdom, and power of the Holy Spirit. Many people wrongly think the miracles Jesus did was because he was the Son of God. But remember, Jesus willingly and temporarily gave up his deity so he could only live the human existence. Were Jesus to call on his deity, he would be stepping outside the human existence and no longer be a suitable sacrifice for sinful man. No, Jesus lived a sinless life entirely by relying on God the same way we can. Jesus' life is our example. The disciples were taught how to live as Jesus did, and they too performed signs and wonders. These are our examples of how victoriously we can live if we genuinely want to be in a committed relationship with God the Father through faith in Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus' earthly ministry only lasted three years, but the entire world was and will forever be entirely disrupted with all Jesus did through his birth, life, death, and resurrection. It is by Jesus that the enemy of God, Satan and his evil minions, have been utterly defeated. Many wonder why God has permitted evil to continue on earth long after Christ's victory over Satan. They ask if Jesus defeated the enemy, then why are we still subjected to him? The reason is God has many more offspring he has planned to live on earth. He wants all of his children to have the same opportunity we have, to be born in the natural, learn the truth about good and evil, and then make our own choice with whom we want to be aligned. Do we want to remain in our natural sin-born condition at enmity with God? Or do we want to embrace all that Jesus did for us? There is ever and only two choices for mankind, God or Satan, good or evil, life or death. Those of us who have willingly chosen to place our faith in Jesus to be redeemed and restored unto God celebrate Christmas in deep reverence for Jesus and all he did. That he, as God, was willing to take on human form and live the same life experiences we have on earth, being tempted in every way common to man, yet never sinning, only to become the sacrificial lamb in our place, is truly humbling. As I have faithfully shared with my podcast since July 2020, we are in a spiritual battle. It's a continuing effort of Satan to destroy all that is important to God. Whether we want to be or not, we've been born into the spiritual battle being played out on earth. Jesus has already secured the victory. The only thing left is for us to choose which side of the battle we will remain. I believe the reason we are seeing so much evil and corruption exposed in these days is because God is revealing the evil mankind has allowed to advance by not remaining in close personal relationship with God. However, God will not be mocked. Neither will he let the enemy have any victory over his beloved people. God has been setting the stage forcing us to wake up to the reality of our existence and positioning us to choose to live in God and all that is good or in Satan and all that is evil. We know through modern day trusted prophets, God is about to administer swift judgments against the evil in our midst. This means every person who is not repentant, who has not willingly chosen the way of life, will experience God's judgment. For some, it will be their final judgment because they adamantly refuse to be aligned with God. Jesus turned the world upside down over some 2,000 years ago, declaring victory over the evil for all times. If we want to see victory in our lives, we must choose to align ourselves with Jesus. This podcast is first posting on December 21st, 2022, but the message of this podcast is eternal. No matter when you hear this podcast, if you have never chosen to believe in Jesus as your personal Savior or Redeemer, 
or if you have in the past, but realize you've fallen far away from the life in Christ, I urge you to take this time right now to surrender yourself to Jesus and let him be the victorious Lord of your life, releasing you from any claims the enemy has over you. If you will place your faith in Jesus to become Lord of your life, allowing his good and perfect will for you to override your carnal, earthly, and sinful will, you will enter into a new life. You will be born again and restored into a right relationship with God the Father. You will no longer be among those who only know about God. You will become intimately related with God, who will guide, protect, and provide for you according to your submission to him. I hope you decide to give everyone you love the best Christmas gift ever by choosing to be rightly restored into a holy relationship with God the Father through faith in Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only will you be restored in God's love, you will be made new, able to share his perfect love with others. And I can't think of a better gift than the gift of Jesus and the love of God. This same podcast will run again next week, beginning December 28th, and I truly hope you share it with others because it is the backstory of Christmas that too few people actually understand and everyone needs. And I do ask you to please help others learn about my podcast so they can be encouraged too. Telling others about this podcast is a show of support that I greatly appreciate. You can also be supportive by purchasing goods and services from me and my affiliates. I ask you to use my affiliate page link to listen to the interviews I've conducted in the vetting process. Of course, you still need to do your own due diligence to make your own decisions on what to purchase. But to help you, I am researching companies, interviewing their representatives, and providing you with a journal of my own personal experience using their products and services. There's a link to the interviews in the show notes. When it comes to your health, I really want you to know about Mfinity, a company dedicated to helping us detoxify our bodies and get to an optimum and healthy weight. I've been using their products, and I especially like their detoxifying products, and I really love their Java Boost drink. Check it out for yourself. I've proudly been promoting Dr. Zelenko's Z-Stack supplements. They contain zinc, quercetin, vitamin C, and D, which are formulated in just the right amount to help you boost your immune system. You know, your immune system, especially this time of year, can be weakened by over 300 different primary immunodeficiency disorders. Use the link in my show notes or go to his website and use the promo code FTLB to receive a 5% discount. If you choose to subscribe, you can actually receive a 10% discount. And please don't forget about Operation Tomahawk. It's an excellent program that I'm using, and I encourage all of my listeners to do so. Get your household and healthcare products from an American-owned and operated company that are not made with genetically modified ingredients or with toxins, which the vast majority of our consumer brand products in America are. And when it comes to diversifying your income, I really want you to meet Dr. Kirk Elliott. He's a private advisor helping people protect their assets, especially in these days when the stock market and the valuation of the dollar is of concern. Dr. Kirk offers free consultations to learn about your personal considerations to decide what might be a good strategy for you and your financial goals. Call Kirk at 1-720-605-3900 or contact him and his team online using the link in my show notes. And when you do, be sure to tell him you learned about him from me, Pam Christian, with my podcast called Faith to Live By. That way, should you choose to work with Kirk, I'll get a credit for referring you. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, why not consider financially supporting my work? I welcome direct contributions, but they're not tax deductible, so anyone who sends a donation of $25 or more 
will receive your choice of one of my books personalized and autographed for you or receive five of the make america godly again bumper stickers please visit my web store to learn more about all the products and services available through my ministry work on the checkout page you'll find a button to click to make a donation and don't forget about my own award-winning books available from my website the series is also called faith to live by and when you purchase through my web store be sure to use the promo code truth t-r-u-t-h use it at checkout and you'll get a 20 percent discount when you purchase my own books products or services or products and services from any of my affiliates you get something you want and at the same time you support me it's truly a benefit for all of us shop for yourself or shop to get gifts for friends and family your support is greatly appreciated i sincerely hope you appreciate my dedication to you through these podcasts let me know how this podcast has impacted you and what you're now doing in response to the equipping you've received through me my email address is faith to live by at pamela christian ministries.com and if you like the content and resource material i bring you with this podcast you'll find much more by connecting with me through my blog in fact my blog has been awarded two unsolicited awards for christian content and i'm also very active on social media I can cover much more on social media than I can with this weekly podcast. To receive even more, please be sure to check out my dedicated podcast listeners page beyond the podcast. Here's where we can connect exclusively, and you can download complimentary devotionals, resources, and more. On that page, I also ask you to help me know more about what you want by completing the form visible once you scroll down the page. You can also subscribe to my complimentary bi-monthly e-newsletter. As a new subscriber, you can choose one of three gifts that I want you to have in appreciation for your subscription. Subscribing will make you a preferred member, and you'll receive special announcements and offers not available to others. And by subscribing, should anything happen to my podcast, I'll have a way to contact you to make sure we stay connected. Depending upon where you listen to my podcast, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel and helps people learn how to better apply their Christian faith. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian asking you to remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him. Thank you.